bandwagon nerds. Recording here a little earlier than usual because apparently PC Tunney's got better things to do when we normally record. That's right. I am joined by PC Tunney, Mr. Saturday Night himself, who has is talking into the ether with his little microphone up, trying to defend himself, I'm sure. But yeah, I mean, whatever, man. Like, you know, that's fine. It's fine. Honestly, yeah. if I would have known ahead of time that this is the kind of ridicule I would have needed to take in order to get this show moved up two hours to record, I would have gladly accepted it. Really? Well, I I mean, I scarfed down my lunch today <laughs> just for you. So if I belch into the microphone, audience, just know that that's PC yeah. Tony's fault because I couldn't digest <laughs> my entire package of Velveeta shells and cheese that I ate for lunch at 1130. I have, I, I have an enormous an amount of appreciation for you today, Patrick. Do you now? Or, Do you know? well, or an you know, inordinate amount, too. You could have that. Look at that, the lawyer they correcting the language. After, after my right, fuck up yesterday. <laughs> what was your fuck up yesterday? Where I said instead of prostrate, it came out sounding oh, like yeah, prostate. Yes, you did. Yes. You said I prostate myself before you. Catch that on Hockey Talk come this Tuesday. <laughs> Only on the Chairshot Radio Network. That's, part of the that's, what, COVID will, that's what COVID Great will do to you guys. Magic. That's what COVID does to you. It, I, apparently it did. Anyway, that other voice you hear is David Ungar, my partner in crime on Hockey Talk, as well as here on Bandwagon Nerds. And it's just the three of us today. As I, I noted the irony of uh, Aesop saying, I'm trying to get out of like most of my wrestling obligations and my summer obligations. And then suddenly, like he, he hasn't been on a show in like a month. So I, I'm glad that's working out for you, Aesop. We miss you. Heartfelt. Um, and just, I mean, if you're listening, just know that we'll rearrange our lives for you so that, you know, you can do whatever you need to do so because. Even you listeners, go ahead and tweet us at Bandwagon Nerds. And let us know what we're. Yeah, let us know. Let us know when we can record for the benefit of the bandwagon, even though we don't do this show live. You know, I mean, we are here for you, though. If you have a better recording time, 6 a.m., I mean, I'm up. Why, why the hell not? Tony's usually up. Tony's an early riser, I hear. Yep. Dave? 3 a.m. recording Dave time. Uh... So just don't go to bed. Just don't go to bed. I'll do it for you Kenny. Don't I don't know if I'll do it for you guys, but I'll do it for Kenny. But I was up at 4.30 this morning. Attaboy. I slept in. I slept in until uh, 8 o'clock because, you know, holiday weekend and all. Yeah, that was big time. Big time. But anyway, we uh, – we, it is it is Fourth of July weekend, and regardless of how patriotic people are feeling in what I would view as the darkest of times in our country, uh, we do have uh, kind of a sm- we have a small smaller agenda this week. We've got I don't know, guys. I struggled. We got a lot of release dates to talk about, shows that are coming soon, a lot of that sort of information. The trailer park is is a watered down i'm actually gonna cut the first trailer out of the show today because i realized as i watched it i was like this it's it's just another attempt to cash in on mutant stuff so watching the uh, watching the imperfects does not seem like anything anybody needs to do we are of course going to talk about the penultimate episode of the boys revelations abound that's where we'll kick things off today and well I can't say I was surprised, but uh, I, I, um, I don't know. I was a little dis. It was a very obvious revelation at the end of episode seven of the boys that Soldier Boy is Homelander's father. That uh, 
that that kind of twisted you know that little twist seemed like that was kind of easy to predict as you as you watched this episode there was a lot that went on in episode seven by the way everyone we got we got news uh we we finally see what's happening to huey and butcher as they continue to take temporary v we see the butcher is just you, we we get this look into his childhood and his past and this cycle that he has caught that he is himself caught in and he has this opportunity with Huey to not do to Huey what he did to his little brother and yet he still continues his his rage and his desire and his anger at Homelander is too much for him to overcome to the detriment of Huey we know we we get to see Starlight still loves Huey which you know I didn't think that was a surprise at all. And Kimiko wants her powers back so that she can continue to quote, protect her family because Frenchie is her family now. And we're coming into the last episode of the season. And then I'm going to hand this over to Dave to get his thoughts. I think this is going to be one of the more depressing season finales we've had in a while. I don't see how this season ends without it being almost like a cliffhanger of all the bad things that are going on. Because I just kind of the pacing of the story and where we're leading into, it really hasn't all coalesced yet. And I just I don't think we're going to get a I don't think we're going to get an overly positive end to this season. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I I think I think it's very much like we could have four powers of play uniting by the end of this. With Homelander, Soldier Boy, I'm gonna forget the politician lady's name, and then Vaughn as a whole. I think Black Noir is gonna pop up too. But, you know. Nadia? Yeah. I think that's her name. Uh, drink, everybody. So, Dave. I only got water right now. Well, you should this fix it. This, uh, this is a very rare you podcast. Fix that. That is rare. Like, all if right. this is well, like a, this podcast was a play, like a trading card, this one would be worth a lot more than all the, the one other with ones. The, ones error, the error on it, is that what you're saying? There's, it's. Yeah, out of like be- thousands, there's only like four or five. Is it is it because it's not noon yet over there in not at in, all. in Wisconsin? No, I just like to show up to the family outing sober. Doesn't mean I have to leave sober. Fair enough. So, Dave, episode seven of the boys. What what are your thoughts? And what do you think about my like sort of postulation that I think this is going to be we're going to negative town to end this season? Yeah. You know, we already know there's a season four in the works, and, and right. that's, that's greenlit. Um, and yeah, like you're saying, because at the end of this episode, I started looking up how many more episodes are left, realized, oh, shit, next week's the end. Too many, way too many loose ends to try and remotely wrap that up in one episode. I, I don't see how that happens. And, you know, long-term booking is not a bad thing, even on a series like this. And and I, I feel like they're going in that direction. Um, yeah, I don't know about particularly surprising that Soldier Boy is Homelander's father. We we kind of speculated a few weeks ago that, you know, what if these two guys align? And it certainly seems like they are moving in that direction now that Soldier Boy realizes he has a kid. Um, I think the biggest thing to me is, is you know, the, the revelation that Starlight gets about the Temp V and what it does to you. And the yeah. fact that Butcher and Huey uh, have, have clearly exceeded the amount of, of doses required and you know even Huey points out to Butcher in the episode hey your brain is bleeding which he probably was tongue-in-cheek but maybe not so far off the point um it makes me wonder if 
you know, as much as how there's there's a lot of irony in this episode and how ironic would it be if Butcher has to turn into a suit permanently in order to save himself? Because I'm figuring the real V is the only thing that can counteract the effects of the temporary V. Um, so that. Yeah, maybe that I'm, I'm really curious about. Like you said, you know, Kimmy Co gets her powers back to protect Frenchie because, you know, he almost died because she couldn't protect him. So she's at this point where she's got to go in a direction where she didn't want to go because the man that she loves uh, was at danger because of her inability to protect him. And, and, you know, I thought that's fascinating. I, I like the, um, <laughs> they, they took a, a very interesting take on animation in this episode, uh, telling uh-huh. the so- backstory between black noir and soldier boy. Um, you know, so that was cool. And, and, and I know you posted something about the deep, which I'll let you postulate on, on just how fucked up he is. And how ironic! Oh, that was the that was the fourth. That yeah. was the fourth person I was thinking about. Is uh, the deeps the deeps white uh, Cassandra, Cassandra? Is it Cassandra Cassandra yeah. Swart, Schwartz? Here's the ultimate irony: um, A Train kills Blue Hawk and then ends up with his heart in order to save him. Oh yeah! Wow. Yes, <laughs> yes. Just, uh, but that that does fix the A Train's gonna die problem. Yes, too. that does. So it'll be. It'll be interesting to see there. Tony, thoughts, your thoughts around this episode before I, I deep dive into two things that, that I uh, found really interesting. I think you guys hit on everything except for Mother's Milk knocked out uh, his ex's. Yeah, uh, he had it coming, is. man. Yeah, well, but you can't in front of your daughter and you really just can't do it um, when it, when you're that much more of a physical threat well, to the and, other and, and here, here's the thing that 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 was one of the two points i wanted to talk about so i'm glad you brought that up yeah, how the hell like how the hell is that woman seeing that guy like it's because so she, it's so on the nose but no it, it's also like a way a lot of things go with people in relationships in life is you are with some a type of person and when you're on the rebound, you only look for someone completely the opposite of that. So that is something that happens in life as well. But to your point, yes, it works very well with the dynamic of political and racial and everything else being completely opposite. Right. I just, I, I don't know. Like, and I get it. There's a lot of people. I, and I think that the show, the episode itself, like I said, the character has always felt, I think I talked about this a few weeks ago. The boys is not very subtle. Uh, a lot of times in the way that they address like our political climate uh, and our popular, they, this is just so on the nose. And, and again, I'm like, are these really real people or is it, you know, something turned up to 11. And then I sit there and I, you know, flip on the news and I'm like, no, these are kind of real people. And uh, so maybe I am over, over, you know, overreacting to that guy. Uh, the one other thing I think that we haven't mentioned yet before I get my last point in um, would be uh, Homelander drinking the milk in the stable. <laughs> yeah, his uh, his um, his utter slash nipple slash you know breast milk fetish. So all of that leads me to him wanting to be an actual human and a regular person in addition to having these powers and wanting to have a family, right? So right. to me. I think that we'll find Homelander to be receptive to wanting to have a father, right? 
It's interesting yeah. to see if this is an actual, if this is actually true or not, because this could be a trick. It could be tricking us. But before you guys comment on that and the rest of the episode and everything else, my last thing and my only request from the boys, and I haven't request, I haven't asked anything from the show. I just want them to know that I've never asked for a thing and I've watched every episode. So my only right. request is that we get at least one three to five minute father son day montage between Homelander and I want to play catch. I want a first drink. I want him to teach him how to fly. I want him to uh, go to the strip club. You know, I, I want, I want that father son montage day between Homelander um, and soldier boy. I think we deserve it. Oh, you so deserve Amazon, Amazon listens it. to this podcast too. Yeah. I, I mean, Amazon listens to the podcast. So I'm hoping that, that they pay attention to that. Here's one thing, uh, we, other thing hilarious. we didn't mention. Maeve in rehab and Homelander saying, I'm going to harvest your eggs. You know, I mean, that's... Rehab. Rehab, yes. Rehab. Lockdown it's slash prison. rehab. It's prison. Like, she's under guard. Uh, and that was also the other the other thing that was... That was a really... It was a great scene between those two with Maeve just basically being like, I'm ready to not be a superhero anymore. Oh yeah. What does yeah, he say you, to you her? Need, you need to be a soup. I can't wait to not be one. He says to her, I'm not letting you live. I'm keeping you alive. Or maybe it was the reverse. Of right. That, but yeah, it was I'm keeping you alive. I'm not letting, I'm not letting you live. I'm keeping you alive because, because of the harvesting of her eggs. Like it's, you know, it's another, it's again, it's another threat. She also points out that this is the first time she's ever seen him scared. Um, that there there are cracks in that that armor of his that, that psychotic armor of his it's got a black eye. Um, yep, because she points out, are you wearing concealer uh, after that fight with Soldier Boy Butcher and no, Huey? No, concealer. God, right? I know, right? <laughs> um, so the other the other kind of thing that uh, that really stood out to me in this in this episode. Uh, was just black noir and what like you talked about you talked about the little like goofy animation scene and on all of that and you see that there is some level of i don't know how to describe whether it's it's not really great or good right uh going on there but it's kind of the first real like look of depth that we've gotten into this character this season and you see again how he has dealt with his trauma by going to what appears to be an old Chuck E. Cheese sort of place and talking to the animated characters that put on the play for him uh, while he does that. And what 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 does he do now? Where where does he pop up? Does he team up with the boys for for this finale? Is that what's going to happen here? Are we going to get some splits in the group? Yeah, I think he's. A lot of what was going on with him was him facing his fear of Soldier Boy and what went down with Soldier Boy. I mean, Soldier Boy fucked him up massively. And and I mean, uh-huh. yeah, animated though it was. And this is kind of where I think like, you know, the diabolical series that they did leading into this into the boys season three kind of had some throwbacks to that because that series had a lot of this sort of graphic animation and, and stuff. But yeah, I, I think Noir's got to face Soldier Boy at some point. You know, I I think it explains his his kind of like willingness to follow Homelander up to a certain point because maybe he thinks Homelander is the only one who can protect him. But I I wouldn't be surprised to see him, like you're saying, Pat, break ranks, 
join in with these guys and and, and kind of jump in there. But yeah, the the noir situation was was kind of fascinating to kind of get the way they presented the backstory was very clever and and I I found that right. really enjoyable and 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 you know relatable in a lot of ways. But um, yeah, I I think noir is kind of the wild card at this point in time when you look at all the all the moving parts. Um, huh, or the octopus? What's the octopus's name? I don't remember. But how about I don't even know. How it. about John? How about Soldier Boy going full U.S. agent, killing that mind mind crime and whatever mind spree dude with the shield? Man, I got flashbacks to Falcon and Winter Soldier on that. Well, one. And, and I mean, and just cold cocking, you know, Huey. blowing the heads off of a priest and a nun to yeah. save Huey. Yeah. Um, just mind-blowing sort of sort of stuff am i off base in thinking that we're going to get a a super um power group uh of evil with uh victoria newman by the way is her name homelander uh uh oh god i forgot her i drink again because i forgot her name cassandra and uh and soldier boy like i think that's i think that's where we're headed i i yeah, I think the only reluctance I have subscribing to that is there is definite tension between Victoria and Homelander. You see it in this episode where he's got her by the neck. And, you know, right. at some point you got to figure she's going to try and pop his head, you know, and, and let's see what well, happens when that happens. I, I think that I think that they are going to work together in a mutually. I, I think this season doesn't doesn't have that moment, though, Dave. I think this season ends with the four of them because Cassandra becomes the one who then starts to work on Homelander's image. I think Platt was the one who's been talking about it. at some point, Homelander and Cassandra are going to be fucking, um, and, and we, was it you? Was it, I thought you were too busy at a cookout or something. So I didn't know, um, in between making money in the bank predictions, he probably said right. that I'm sure or maybe you were golfing. Yeah, at the time. You can follow me at PC Tony for plenty of cookout pictures later on today. That's true. You can also follow PC Tunny for um, quick, incorrect wrestling predictions as well. Less than see, less than an hour. I want hour. to see theory-like selfies of you at the cookout all day today, Tony. Listen, listen. When you uh, when you cast a big net, sometimes you come up empty. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's what she said. Uh, anyway. Ouch. So, anything else? Okay, what's well, the deep? We we yeah, haven't fine. talked about the deep at all. That dude. Like that, you just knew that his dumbass nature was going to come around eventually, and that he needs to have his sexual release with an octopus being 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 what happens there, uh, and that being the final nail for him and Cassandra was, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. Yeah. Well, and what? And, and here's the thing. What am I to know? Maybe Cassandra should have given the octopus some play. Um, maybe it would have opened up her sexual horizons. I I don't know. It's just you're watching the deep just sort of continue his his self sabotage. I can't wait for that dude to fail. Uh, and I felt the funny thing is they actually got me to a point where I felt bad for him last season, right when he was like a rock bottom and like a train. It was really kind of the one that was moving up. And like I felt terrible for him, and then. I should. I just gotta remind myself. These are shitty people. Like they're always shitty people. Timothy was the octopus that Homelander made the eat. Yeah. Yes. 
his lover's name is Ambrosia. Yes. What I love about the boys is they take they take Ambrosia's, some of your... Ambrosia said she wants to taste you. Oh no way! I'm out. I'm out of here. I'm, out. I'm done. Yeah. What I yeah, love about the boys is they take they take some of your favorite superheroes and show you these shadowy versions like Homelander, Superman, A Train, Flash. The deep is like Aquaman. If he was a real, if he was as lame as people have portrayed him, he would be the deep. And, and you get to see it's that. Not, it's not only it's not only the lame part. It's that everybody has all. There's always been this like belief that Aquaman was out there fucking dolphins or something like. <laughs> and in fact, they played on that in season one when he tries to free the dolphin and, and kills it, uh, which is still one of my favorite scenes in the whole show. And the dolphin goes flying through the window and then gets run over by like a truck or something. Just cracks me up. Just there is there is no there is no quarter. I got a question um, for you guys. Yep. Does everybody make it out of the season finale alive? Um, you know what would be you know what would be a real gut punch. Honestly, if they're going to kill somebody, it'd be Frenchie. If if any of them uh, die, I'm going to say it's Frenchie. Well, you think you're you're talking about the characters that have been in? Do you, like, do you think Soldier Boy makes it out of this season? Yeah, really? I think so. Yeah, I think I think the bad guys all survive. I think this is going to. I think this. I believe that this finale is going to feel hopeless at the end i feel it is going to be like empire strikes back level of despair like everything is horrible and and we got a real problem and honestly yeah go ahead dave i'm low-key worried about huey surviving no i think huey would be fine tony you have any concerns they wouldn't move on without butcher would they I mean, maybe I don't know. Um, I I think I think he's safe too. Starlight. I, uh, I think Annie's okay. Annie, are you okay? Are you okay? I'm just <laughs> gonna see. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep saying characters' names with a question mark after them. Homelander. Lol. No way. <laughs> um, well, you know what? Wow. You, someone else we haven't talked about is Nadia's kid. Yeah. No, I, you know, I haven't seen anything from her lately. She um, was given the V, getting... not since she got right. the V. The blue, the blue V. The real V. Right, like she got the real V. Um, she got that blue blocker shit. That blue blocker shit. Um, you know who else I think may come back uh, in this, this last episode? As I try not to cheat and look at the cast for next week. Um, is, uh, oh, what's his name? Who just got fired not like two episodes ago. Oh, Stan Edgar, yeah. And it would not surprise me in fact i'm checking right now to see her yep giancarlo oh wait is this for episode seven try not to spoil anything buddy well he was listed as the voice he was the voice of the meerkat stan edgar from the cartoon like they actually had him for that so that was oh yeah i think he was eating the nuts he asked him to stop i I would i would i would expect stan edgar to make another appearance in, in the next episode too in the last episode so I'm looking forward to this. I'm ready to be depressed because I think that's what's going to happen. Uh, that's just me. And hopefully next week we'll be able to talk about it. And um, Dave will be able to prostate himself before me when I'm right once again. I will, ex- I will that- expose the prostate. You guys, yes. you guys can start with that next week. And I'll just be a little late. Fair enough. We just won't tell Aesop what's going on. If he shows up to the show, just be like, hey, oh. As long as I don't have to watch it, good good for you. 
Anyway, I think that's as good a place as any to call this conversation quits. Let's close the book. We're going to take our first commercial break, and when we come back, we are going to do a brief trip to the trailer park, talk about three shows that are coming our way soon. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com. This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. All right, everyone, welcome back to Bandwagon Nerds. Dave, we didn't visit it last week. You weren't here, so we didn't we didn't visit the trailer park, but we're back this week. And I need you to once again play some of that beautiful banjo. Okay, here we are. Welcome back to the trailer park, gentlemen. I already said I'm cutting the first trailer. Uh, honestly, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna share. I, I was digging deep into the well, trying to find find some stuff that might be relevant, and worth watching. Uh, until next week, when I'm assuming we'll have a Wakanda Forever trailer to talk about. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Though Marvel has has hurt us before. Um, so we're not going to talk about the imperfects, but the other three trailers I wanted to talk about. One, I, I have a reason for each one of them. So the first one that I shared with you guys is an upcoming series hitting Amazon. Uh, it, it's a show called Paper Paper Girls, and it is based on a comic book series written by Brian K. Vaughn. Hell of a hell of a writer has written a lot of stuff that you're familiar with, including Dave. Oh, I put you on the spot. I don't remember, but I'll tell you where I think I've seen that comic before. So I don't know if there's a tie-in to that, but I know like at the end of the collected volumes of Saga, they would put in something that looked a lot like this. Ah, so Brian K. Vaughn wrote Why the Last Man. Like, what like, am I, I? I figured you knew me well enough to know. <laughs> he did, yes, but he is. he also is the writer of Saga. Um, and that that's why when machina. yeah that's why when i looked at this i'm like wow this looks really familiar and it is they would put a preview of i think they called it a delivery girls or something like that instead of paper girls but it's the same general concept there's right. these assholes running around and this new girl comes in and she joins in with these delivery girls and then they're like superhero crime fighter sort of things so yeah i figured well, that's what it was so this is kind of this interesting conglomeration of what's kind of popular right now, as this is a this is all about time travel, and these these four girls are kind of caught in the midst of a battle between two time traveling groups from the future. And in the trailer, you can see 
they are uh, 2019 is the future and like 1988 or 89 is the past because the show actually got greenlit back in 2019 and i think it was originally before pre-pan you know before the pandemic shut down was looking to be hit to hit amazon prime in 2020 so uh but it's just, you know, it's a it's a nice little twist on kind of the superhero team up thing. Four girls caught in a time loop. We do get one fun little interaction between a younger version with her future self. Uh, so that rule of time travel doesn't exist. And um, I don't know thoughts about the trailer, what you saw. They don't show you a whole heck of a lot. Don't take this the wrong way. I don't anticipate any of us watching this to report on it. I, I'm interested enough to watch it on, on my own for my own entertainment. So, Dave, I'll let you go first, and then Tony, you can comment. Yeah, I, I think I, I, I'm, you know, I'm I'm excited to see it because, like you're saying, it's it's the guy who wrote Saga, and I go back to episode 100. We had Omar on, and he was saying yep. how there's a lot of discussion that they are going to turn Saga into a series. This could be kind well, of like popular a popular comic. This could be kind of like Amazon testing the waters there to say, okay, let's see how something that Brian writes translates over into a series. You know, it's it's clearly a different sort of series. But at the same time, you know, if, if they're looking at one thing that he's written and saying, okay, let's see how this translates, then maybe they're thinking, you know, maybe Saga is closer than we think it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, what I've read of this stuff, uh, and it's been limited, in, you know, like previews at the end of the collected volumes of Saga, um, has been pretty good. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm interested, definitely. Nice, Tony. Your thoughts on teenage girls caught in a time loop? If you're not frozen, are you frozen? He might be frozen. I don't know. That's ever, that's never happened in the history of the show. I know, and t- either that or Tony's just really good at not blinking. And staying completely still. Holding super still. <laughs> he would have laughed by now. So. All right. Yeah. I was like, one of us should message him. Oh, oh, he's gone. He gone. He gone. He went to his cookout. That's what happened. The ribeyes were ready. Uh, so early. The ribeyes were ready. Medium rare, please. Please and thank you. Thank you and please. You're not one of those weird overdone steak guys, are you? I'm not. No, my my good boy. No, I I'm medium rare to medium at at best. And if you've cooked in medium, you've overdone it. Okay, well, while we wait for Tony to come back, maybe he will come back. Maybe he won't. This has been reported. We knew it was coming. We we got our first teaser trailer for one. I I gotta say, I have a real soft spot in my heart for this movie, and a lot of people do. Maybe just because of how old I was when it came out, and just thoroughly entertained by it. I also think it's a movie that aged very, very well outside of the weird virgin jokes. Hocus Pocus 2 got its first trailer. And, you know, the first thing they did, and I appreciated that it was the first thing they did, is they just gave us a taste of how the Sanderson sisters, who were allegedly destroyed at the end of Hocus Pocus, were brought back. And not much else to it, other than I gotta say, Sarah Jessica Parker looks surprisingly good given it's been 20 years since the first since since hocus pocus maybe even 30 years it's got to be coming close to 30 right that was a 90s they, movie right they all looked pretty good i thought i mean you right, only but, saw them briefly but but, that, but the other two like those were older sisters right like that was their 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 thing they were the older sisters so like i was um less concerned about that look but the sarah jessica parker character Hey, Tony's back. How was the barbecue? How was the cookout? Family good? 
Dude, Skype sucks. Continue. We were, we were speculating uh, well, whether you were supremely talented at just staying completely still and no emotionless, no break in your face. And then we realized, no, he's not that good. He's mastered the ability to move so slow. Yeah, that movie came out in 93. So that's 30 years ago that Sarah Jessica Parker was the vixen sister uh, of the Sanderson sisters in, in Hocus Pocus 1. And so, and, and I get it. And this is very shallow of me to say they, they did a good job keeping her looking like the quote unquote sexy one out of the three but this one is going to be centered around it looks like a couple of girls who got into magic in a not so great way uh, to bring them back I'll, I'll do this i'll ask this question a couple ways one do you have any fondness for the original hocus pocus and your thoughts on this teaser trailer that we got for hocus pocus 2 pc tunny i know you were a big bet midler fan in your day so yeah, not so much. Beaches. You watched Beaches. You watched the crap out of Beaches, didn't you? Teared up. Um, Barbara Hershey been, dies, and you're like, <laughs> I've been to a few beaches. I've I've, I've dated a few beaches, but uh, never watched the movie Beaches. Never watched it. It's okay. Well, what about Hocus Pocus and Hocus Pocus? I'm assuming uh, are you going to skip this one? Probably. I mean, I don't know that there was okay. much on the list that I was uh, falling in love with today at, at the, in the trailer park. Not your fault, oh. but. Uh, uh, the Imperfects was maybe the only one that I really was maybe going to watch. Oh, so the one I talk about. The one, no, I'm the one I'm I cut. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Go ahead. Maybe if you hadn't made me start the show two hours early, I could have found better trailers for you. Folks, Patrick is a little crabby today. He's suffering from a little indigestion. He has lunch a little off schedule. Real question is, who are they booing? Are they booing me or are they booing you? We don't know. They're booing Ray and just Ray. Booing Ray. On principle <laughs> on principle. Oh no. Dave, what about you? You're a Disney, you're a Disney file. You um you you I'm assuming you enjoyed Hocus Pocus either by yourself or with children, your children. Um First off, Hocus Pocus too. Bette Midler's best role was in Ruthless People. I'm just going to throw that, that out. That is there. a good movie. Yeah, she's great in Ruthless People. Uh, That's a good one. Yeah, I, I think this looks this looks fun. I, I think, you know, if it's it, the first one was a lot of fun. This one is is way overdue. You know, that's my only concern. It's like, why are we doing this 30 years later? But okay. Um, I know a lot of people hey, have been it, wanting it. It worked for Ghostbusters Afterlife. It did. It did. You're right. And I know we're going to talk about that, but um, I. It worked for Top Gun Maverick. Big time. Yeah, you know, you can go home again in certain circumstances. But yeah, I think, you know, it looks fun. It, it's, I know it's a movie a lot of people have wanted for a very long time. Obviously, that's why we're getting it. And um, yeah, Halloween coming up. I mean, when when everything else is going around Halloween, I'll probably check it out. Sure. Cool. All right. So, Tony, I'm actually legit a little disappointed that you're not mildly interested in our third trailer. Um Harley Quinn, the animated series. And I know that you have this this King Shark problem that you just can't get past because of the Flash and Grant Gustin and their iteration of King Shark. I I watched the second I was able to watch this series, I couldn't stop binge like I I don't binge watch very many things. I binge watched Harley Quinn season 1 and 2. It's so good. It's so funny. It's unapologetically violent for an animated series, and it's hilarious, including, uh, I think it's Ray Funches is the voice of King Shark, and he's awesome Ron. at it. Ron, not Ray, you're right. 
great, great cash. But Ron punches, yeah. I've never seen any of this series, but watching this trailer, you're right. I do kind of want to check it out. Unfortunately, it's going to go to the back of a very long line of streaming things that I need to check out. But it, the humor was there in the trailer for me. It looks good. Um, I'd recommend it, even though it's going to be a while before I get to watch it. I mean, Harlivey for the win. Lake, Lake Bell. Dave, what about you? Did you watch? Have you watched the first two seasons of Harley Quinn yet? Uh, not all of it. I've seen here. Dude, what is wrong with you guys? It's the same thing. Like Tony's just saying, it is at the back of a very uh, long line of things that I'm trying to watch. This but... is such a digestible show though. It is such I, a digestible I tell show. you, I, I'm curious about the dynamic like of lunch today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious your, about your the... boy. Your... Mr. Seinfeld, Jason Alexander. Yeah. Jason Alexander does, does voice work as her landlord for like two seasons. It's awesome. Cyborgman well, is his name. Cancel the cancel the barbecue. I'll be watching Harley Quinn this afternoon. You should cancel the barbecue and watch. So Diedrich Bader is Batman, and it's awesome. Tony, Sorry, fuck, I cut fuck you fam- off. Fuck I'm family. So fuck family, Tony. You go watch Harley Quinn, man. Um, I should. I'm curious about the relationship or how the how the how the relationship and and things progress with with. Harley and, and Ivy together, and obviously Harley and Joker have their own history. So how does that all interplay? I'm sure that's explored in the show. Um, but yeah, it looks it looks tremendously. Isn't Kelly Kuko the voice of Harley? Kelly Kelly Kuko is the voice of Harley Quinn. Um, Lake Bell is the voice of Poison Ivy. They like I hate this because now I, I I gotta push it. Alan Tudyk is the voice of Clayface. Um, I mentioned Ron Funches is King Shark. There's so many. There's just so many great actors that that lend their voice talents here. And Phil Lamar lends his voice for a Shark God. Um, Who's the Joker? Yeah, I. What? Who's the um, voice who for the Joker? Joker? Well, the Joker's only. That's the other thing that's really interesting is the Joker isn't as prominent as you think in the show. He he's prominent in season one but in season two he kind of takes a back seat um so much so that i'm not even i like have to do the whole cast just to see if i can find it because he's not he's not in a ton um particularly in season where the hell is he yeah i can't i can't even find who did it it might have been two, a couple different people um the the other these are writing credits. Jesus Christ. All right. Cyborgman, the Riddler, Bane, Two-Face, Wonder Woman, Tony Young, Shark God, Scrago. Guess who's Lex Luthor? Giancarlo Esposito. Shocking. <laughs> He's always there. Um, Alfred Molina did the voice of Mr. Freeze. Um, Frankie Muniz did the voice of himself. I forgot that he was actually in himself or was himself in this. Um, where the, yeah, yeah, I can't even find him. It Howie Mandel voices himself. I know, but now I'm like, where the, I'm like not seeing him on the cast list. I, Joker's definitely in there. And he plays, like I said, he plays a much more prominent role in season one. Come season two, it's, mu- it's much more, it's focused on Harley trying to establish her criminal empire. But anyway, it's irrelevant. I strongly recommend you guys check this show out. I, I, they're half-hour episodes. They're only like ten or twelve episodes a season. It's not very many. It's 
like I said, it's very digestible. And I, I, I don't know. I love it. I can't say enough good things about it. This is uh, saying Alan Tudyk did the voice for the Joker. Maybe he did. They had him listed as Clayface as well, which seems maybe that's not right. It's got him listed as Calendar Man. It's all over. Well, the Alan he's Tudyk, doing everything. Well, let's let's be real. Alan Tudyk is kind of a talent that does that sort of thing. Yeah, Joker slash Calendar Man in, in the first episode. So, um, anyway, check out Harley Quinn. Get caught up before season three starts because it's a hell of a great show. It's really, really funny. It's a lot of fun. Harley is a train wreck as she tries to establish independence from the Joker. Good, good stuff. And that was that was a terrible visit to the trailer park on my part, guys. <laughs> it's, I, it's, it's all right. I take, I take full responsibility for my failure and feel like I need to run and hide now by leading us into another commercial break so that we can get to some news around the nerdosphere. You didn't but kill Anakin, told, Patrick. I Vader, didn't kill Vader, Anakin. Vader did. Sorry. Vader did. That's that's true. As it is, uh, before we head over to our recorded commercials, it is my duty to remind you that if you love what we do here, if you love this kind of banter, if you love me giving PC Tunney a hard time for visiting his family, if you love me making fun of Dave and his butchering of the English language, if you love talking wrestling and getting hot takes every day of the week, then please head over to ProWrestlingTees.com. Support the ChairShot Radio Network by going to the ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and investing in a chair shot shirt. We have all kinds of designs for you to choose from. Everything from our logo to show logos to personality sayings to everybody hates Greg, that being the Greg DeMarco, the man himself, the kingpin of the chair shot radio network. We strive to bring you quality content every single day and we love getting your support. And the best way that you can do that is head over to pro wrestling forward slash the chair shot shirts are only 1999. But if you're feeling fancy and you want something that feels nice on your giblet, spend a few dollars more and get it soft style. Again, that site, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot. When we come back, news around the nerdosphere. You're listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chair Shot Radio Network, a part of the ChairShot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. All right. Welcome back, everyone. And gentlemen, it's been a while, but it is time to talk about some news around the Nerdosphere. And this week's news around the Nerdosphere is going to center a lot around release dates. There was just there was just a ton of release date news, and we're going to start with uh, some concerns. I don't know if it's concerns. Maybe it's concerns. Dave, are you concerned? Because we're going to talk about Lucasfilm. And for the first time ever, our joke of hashtag 2027 came true. As we learned this week that uh, Patty Jenkins' 
uh, Star Wars Project Road Squadron is now slated to be released in 2027, four years after its original announced release date of 2023. We got some other news. We, we learned that Andor is going to be released um, on Disney Plus on August 31st of this year, so that's good news. Um, but this calendar has gotten shaken up and switched around and messed with left and right. Um, and, and yeah, December 2027 is now a real thing. So Dave, your reaction to hashtag 2027, or do you take the PC Tunny approach and just say it's all Star Wars and we'll be fine? Uh, I can't subscribe to the PC Tunny approach on this one simply because, sorry, bestie. But I think, you know, there's there's two things going on. It looks like the streaming series on the streaming side of things, things seem to be chugging along. You know, you got Andor. We know we got Ahsoka coming. We got uh, Bad Batch season two and all that sort of stuff. So I'm not hearing a lot there as far as that stuff getting delayed or pushed back. It is clearly the movies and they this announcement to me tells me that they don't know what the hell they're doing. And when you read the whole article you know, it's like Patty Jenkins stuff is getting pushed out four years. Now there's speculation. Will it be Taika's movie that comes out next? Now they're saying Kevin Feige might be doing a Star Wars movie. So to me, on the movie side of things, they don't know what the hell they're doing. That is concerning for a Star Wars fan because that's where, you know, most of us have grown up with the movie. So they don't know how to follow up the Skywalker saga. They wanted they made a point with the sequel trilogy. This is the end of it. But yet they don't know where to go from here. And and that's my concern right now. And, and why we're pushing this out four years is they're just like, we really don't have a plan of action right now. Meanwhile, you know, the best thing that they've done, mixed reviews notwithstanding, I think most of us liked Kenobi very much. And because it told a story about characters that we care about and we were invested in. And, and when I read this, the full article, which is, you know, a lot longer, it's like, okay. There's concern here as to where we're going, and I think that's that was my take on it. Is streaming's fine, right? Movies not so much. Well, and they they even say in that article that part of the pushback uh, of the release date for Rogue Squadron is for Patty Jenkins to um, rework the script. So a lot of danger, reworking. danger will that's that does, a lot of work reworking. That, that that does set up. Well, she's got other projects too. I don't know. It's just schedules are a part of it. Tony. What what are your thoughts about this Lucasfilm schedule and everything being shuffled around? It sounds a lot like the weatherman uh, forecasting, and the farther out we get, the less likely you know we actually know what's going on. I hope Dave's not right. I hope it's just more so that they they do know where they want to go and they want to take their time and get it right, as opposed to hey, holy shit, what the fuck? We got to figure this out. Let's just push it back so people don't think about it for a little while. Um, in the end, it is all Star Wars, but yeah, it'd be nice for them to get the next story that they pick out to um, elaborate on and, and you know become a major Star Wars thing in the theaters again. Uh, it'd be nice if they picked the right storyline and, and, and did it properly uh, with the right person in control. Like you said, it, is that the biggest fear we have is that there's not going to be anyone in control? There, could there be too many cooks in the kitchen for this? it's starting to feel that way it really is starting to feel like there's there's too many like you said cooks in the kitchen hands in the pot whatever however you want to describe it um and and yeah i i did not expect them to struggle this hard to make a star wars movie 
without Skywalkers. You know what I mean? Like it just and and, may, and maybe and maybe we're speculating that maybe that's just something we're putting out out there and is it is not a real problem. But it sure feels like they don't know what story to tell without Emperor Palpatine and, and the Skywalkers as part of it, and that's really concerning. Uh, and you know who's sitting back, kind of laughing right now, and, uh, on his ranch, just collecting his Star Wars money. George. George. George is sitting there, like, ha, 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 ha. Um, having a good old time, raking in the dough. Because he's still making money, y'all. Just because he gave things over to Disney doesn't mean he ain't living large. Um, so yeah, well, we got series, and hey, the little O'Dowd is excited for anything that doesn't involve a Jedi, as we learned last week. Which, guys, I meant to I meant to talk about this at the top of the show. And, and Tony had told me this after we finished the recording. But I think the next time I bring the little O'Dowd onto the show, I'm just going to leave the, the studio and let him, like, I'm going to be like, here's the topic I want you to discuss. And then, like, the kid was so, like, nervous, it felt like, with me sitting right next to him, trying to ask him questions, that then I leave. And I come back and he was so proud uh, of his conversation with Ray and you, Tony, uh, when you guys asked him Star Wars questions that he made me, like I was looking for the commercial point in the podcast, like where I wanted to put the drop point. And he was like, I want you to listen to when I talked to them. And you can't, you can't skip it. And he made me listen to the whole thing. And, you know, and he's given nuanced answers as to why following rebel troopers and clones is more interesting than Jedi. And so Thank you for, you know, giving him the respect of any other uh, guests that we would have on the show and not talking to him like he was too. I speak for Ray uh, myself when I say it was our pleasure. Excellent. Well, I appreciate it uh, nonetheless. And Dave, if you haven't listened to last week's show, listen to last week's show, man. Anyway, I'm not calling you out, but I'm calling you out. I will. Dave's still nope, got nope. Some... He's just like silence. You see that? Dave's still got some marigolds to whack with his rake. That's right. Yeah, that he's got he's got to watch Harley Quinn. It's yeah, in the hole. It's in the hole. Uh, Cinderella story. All right. Next, we've got some news out of Warner Brothers that I wanted to share. More release dates. This one does not concern me at all. Uh, in that Dune Part Two has been delayed slightly because uh, <laughs> it's part of a scheduling update for some some other films. It's been shifted back basically a, a month. It was. Slated to release in October 20th, 2023. It's now going to be moved to November 17th, 2023, according to Deadline. Uh, filming is going to be starting in Budapest soon. Dennis Villanueva is coming back. I don't even know why this article is like he's expected to come back. He was coming back. Like, he was on to do both parts. Um, and, it, you know, it's, a, it's expected to play exclusively in theaters at the start, which... For my money is really the only way to watch that stinking movie because uh, the cinematography and the and the shots are just it's beautiful it's made for imax it's made for maybe not necessarily 3d they could do 3d if they wanted to but it's definitely made for imax and uh, i just I, I i'm not worried about this at all the other bit of news that was announced is that godzilla versus kong is getting a sequel and it is releasing currently on March 15th, 2024 for a movie we watched and reviewed and I liked it uh, for what it was made $470 million worldwide. Um, I'm in, 
my Lou O'Dowd is in. He's all for the kaiju. I'm all for the kaiju. Just make it about the kaiju and not people, and I'll be fine. So, Tony, I'll start with you, as I know you're thoroughly invested in both of these films. What do you think about, one, getting a Godzilla vs. Kong sequel, and two, the sequel to Dune playing exclusively in theaters and being pushed back a month? I'm really happy for you. <laughs> what? You don't want to see these movies? You know, I, we talk about it all the time that I'm missing a large, large, large pieces of, of nerddom in my own, you know, uh, self uh, soul, my nerd soul. But I, I, I make up in other odd areas. But these these two movies are definitely not a part of my repertoire. Um, I've been told about Dune from family members to you guys to other people I podcast. And I could just never really got into Godzilla and King Kong. So. Yeah, I'm sorry. Not sorry. Reese's. No, that's fine. That's fine. Dave, can you Rob. pick me up a little bit here after Tony threw water on my joy? Oh, I, I'm looking all, for. I I'm looking forward to Dune Two. <laughs> I'm looking forward to Dune Two just because you know I I wasn't as high on the first one as as you were because I I really thought okay this is part one of, of this longer story so yeah a few week delay no big deal uh Godzilla versus Kong sequel that. That I'm genuinely interested in because I enjoyed the first one. It wasn't the greatest movie of all time, sure, but it was it was fun and it was an enjoyable kaiju based movie and 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 the good kind of end to to that trilogy and and kind of left in a place where Kong and Godzilla had sort of a silent understanding of each other to a certain extent. Obviously, yeah, that's well, not going like to hold. Little respect, respectful nod. Yeah, like kind of acknowledging, you know, not Roman Reigns acknowledging, but just acknowledging and and. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to see what the story is that they're going to tell um, moving forward because they've 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 done Ghidra, they've done Mechagodzilla, like what's yeah, and, what's going to be the next? And when they thing left, when we left, Kong was cool. He was chilling in Hollow Earth and and seemed like yep. he. There's no reason for him to come back to the surface. He. So what's going to force this conflict again? Too bad he can't find himself a Lady Kong, you know. Yeah, yeah. See, like Kong Skull Island was one of the rides we wanted to do at Universal and just didn't get a chance to. Right. By the way, Kong Skull Island is an underrated movie, uh, if you ask me. And again, highly, highly recommended by the Little O'Dowd. Like his rankings of the the modern kaiju films goes Kong Skull Island, Godzilla versus Kong, and then the two uh, then the first Godzilla reboot with. uh, was with Brian Cranston for five seconds um, in what was one of the worst head fakes in all of cinema. Hey, look, Brian Cranston from Breaking Bad is in this movie, and then he dies. Thank you, everyone, for playing. All right, I'm going to continue on the things Patrick O'Dowd is excited about train with this next release date as NBC has announced the uh, release date for the Quantum Leap reboot series that is coming in 2022. It's going to be debuting Monday, September 19th, Mondays at 10 o'clock on NBC. And I, I'm going to just say this right now. I'm going to watch it over Monday Night Raw, fellas. Uh, and, and this uh, this is coming from a wrestling fan who, you know, DVRs and is relatively solid in his viewership. But I loved this show when it came out back in the 80s and early 90s. And again, it's been about 30 years. And every Friday, 
the Sci-Fi Network does a what they call a Sci-Fi Rewind Marathon on Fridays, and they pick an old show and they just run marathons of episodes all day. And since the start of the summer, it has been a quantum leap run through as they gear up to get people prepped for uh, trying to transition an audience into this new show. The, the thing that I always appreciated about Quantum Leap was that it was radically ahead of its time. It be, Before it kind of jumped the shark and went ratings grabs in its last season and, and the character, for those of you who don't know, um, Scott Bakula played a scientist named Sam Beckett who discovers uh, a way for one to time travel within their own lifetime. So you can't go beyond your, your birth date. Um, but when he steps into what they call the quantum leap accelerator, he disappears, but finds himself, finds his consciousness and the bodies of other human beings within his lifetime. And he is driven to change history in some way for the better. And at the beginning of the series and for the first few seasons, he would, he would leap into the, he would leap into the consciousness of um, people to do, small time changes in history that were very, again, reflective on our, our history at large, uh, whether it was dealing with issues of segregation, uh, religion. It was, it was a highly political show. Oddly enough, it was a highly Christian show. Like he believes he's being driven by God to change these things for the better. They don't call him God, call it God necessarily. Uh, and it wasn't until later on in the show when they started being like, okay, we got to get like when it got to the point where they were having him leap into the body of Lee Harvey Oswald uh, and not to stop the Kennedy assassination, but to prevent Jackie Kennedy from getting killed uh, in the same assassination attempt. Basically in Sam Beckett's reality, Jackie died. Sam was supposed to leap into the body of the secret service agent that protects her. Uh, you know, he died, he leaps into the body of Dr. Ruth Westheimer, like all these different, like truly famous people. That's when the show got got completely ridiculous and led to its cancellation. It just it just wasn't quite the same. I've seen the trailer for this new series, uh, and it shows snippets of things that have happened in history since then. Uh, I'm a little concerned. They showed a white Bronco as one of the little snippets in there. They showed I can't remember the other. There was another like. I hope that this is going to continue to be in the spirit of the original show and the original concept where it's doing little things to make the world better. Not I'm trying to prevent, you know, world events from happening. So all of that is to say, I'm very excited about this show. Gentlemen, I don't even know if you even cared or watched or followed quantum leap uh, thoughts on bringing this show back. It's another one of the, what's old is new again, sort of things. Um, but but I'm in it. Dave, I'll start with you since you were uh, probably a little more in tune um, when the show came out, just given your age. I remember watching like the first few seasons of it and then like or whatever it was. And then like like you were saying, they kind of went in a weird direction and I and I stopped. But um, yeah, it was it was one of those really kind of groundbreaking cutting edge shows for a while. And then then it got a little weird. But I, you know, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I saw the trailer as well and I'm, I'm, you know, it's another one of these ones that, yeah, I'm interested. Um, will I go out of my way to make the time to watch it? I don't know. You know, maybe, uh, would I watch it over, I, I would I watch this. it over raw? Yes. But you know, that's just well, here, here's the other thing. 
it's it's also going to stream on Peacock. Okay, there you so go. So they're they're doing the, they're doing the dual dual airing uh, of the show, which has become a thing now with some of these network owned streaming services. I think Paramount Plus does it too with CBS programming from from you know whether it's immediately or like the next day. Uh, some of their shows, first runs, you can you can do it. And Peacock's doing that with Quantum Leap as well. So you don't have to set your DVR or miss something else to catch this show. Well, the Sonny, do you have co- the co- oh, the cock needs something to lure me in right. other than WWE? So you know, here's the thing: low key, there is some good stuff on Peacock that people like us don't know are there. Like it really is a. I, I mean, any streaming service I think is worth the exploration. I think, like my my wife's watching. What is it? Resident Alien is on Peacock. She loves that show, and she's she's watching that on there a lot. Alan Tudyk, Again, Alan Tudyk he rules is, the world. He is one of them. Him and Giancarlo Esposito, Giancarlo. Sorry, Tony. Um, any thoughts about Quantum Leap? <clears throat> I also am a fan of Quantum Leap and seen. All no, the you're episodes. not. I very much am. Uh, Ziggy was your uh, yep. being. Um, I'm interested to see the dynamic they're going to have with like, if there is an Al character, I'm interested to see like what the technology they're going to make it look like. I haven't seen the trailer for it. So I'll, I will very much be watching the first episode. It's up to them to see how it hits with me, how how much I continue to watch it because the people like Al and, um, uh, what was, uh, what was the main character's name? Sam, Dr. Samuel Beckett. That's right, Sam Beckett. Uh, it's it's interesting. The dynamic between the two actors that played them in the in the original series is so excellent um, and fun to watch. Right. It it was that why it was so good. So we'll answer a lot of those questions coming up here in the fall. Right. Um, so the the basic synopsis, the official um, synopsis, is that it's been thirty years since Doctor Sam Beckett stepped into the quantum leap accelerator and vanished. Now a new team has been assembled to restart the project in the hopes of understanding the mysteries behind the machine and the man who created it. The series got canceled abruptly before they were ready for it to be canceled. And the series finale of the original is very much uh, kind of slapdash together with a tagline of where Sam meets kind of the architect that's moving him from, from, leap to leap so ziggy you talked about ziggy ziggy's the computer that would calculate the probability of why sam was there but it wasn't what was taking sam to the locations they believed that to be something higher than their technology uh, but the last tagline is dr beckett never made it home like that's how it ends and it's implied that he chooses to continue to leap and fix history uh, so i wonder how much of this is going to be a search for dr beckett or if it's going to actually kind of just be a a return to what the show what the show was, and that it it stars um, Raymond Lee is is going to be the leaper. Uh, I don't have a character name in front of me. Ernie Hudson is cast in it. Caitlin Bassett, Mason Alexander Park, uh, and Nerissa Lee are in it. And the thing that makes me feel good is that uh, you know the creator. Uh, Don Belisario, nine thousand year old Don Belisario, is is the executive pr- producer, uh, and so I think that that is uh, that is a good thing because he was he was the mind behind that show from the start. So look for that in September. All right, last of the release date announcements. Um, 
we learned that Ghostbusters Afterlife, after a solid showing in the theaters and on streams, is going to be coming back with a sequel on December 20th, 2023. That's the good news. The bad news? Well, who knows? It's Lucasfilm. This date could change. It's two days before the next Star Wars is supposed to hit theaters. That's not Um, happening. That's what it is right now. So the first one made $200 million. It sounds like this, um, based on this article that I shared, um, it's going to take place in New York City. It will involve the original Ghostbusters Firehouse, which if you stayed through the credits of Afterlife, you saw that that was coming back. Uh, I would hope that they bring the original cast back as much as possible. Uh, this seemed like an inevitability after it did pretty well. I enjoyed the movie very, very much. I thought it was, I thought it was a good bit of a good bits bit of nostalgia slash rebooting, even if the storyline was very, 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 very similar in terms of like the big bad and, and managing the first one. Uh, Tony, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Need a sequel? Do you want to see the sequel? Are you going to see the sequel? Do you care? I don't really care. I am a fan of Ghostbusters. I didn't see the um, this first one of the new iteration of the Afterlife. Um, maybe at some point I will. It's just I was never like they're good movies, Ghostbusters, but it was never like you know. I think I've said it before on the show. Like, oh no, they're gonna they're gonna fight ghosts again. Maybe they're going to fight Vigo again. You don't know. All right. You are like the buzzing of flies to him. Nothing? Nothing. Is Vigo! Anyway, go ahead, Dave. I'm, I'm, I'm losing him. Yeah, I'm losing I, um, him. I saw Afterlife on the flight to um, <clears throat> flight to Orlando just a couple weeks ago and really enjoyed it. You know, I thought it was... I thought it was it was much better than I was expecting, and and you know the the actors involved are, are really good, and and yeah, you know they get you in the feels at the end with the, when everybody comes back, and then they they CGI Harold Ramis's character in there as well. So yeah, I, I I was surprised at how good and how much I enjoyed that movie, and of course Paul Paul Rudd, you know, talk about somebody else owning the world, he was fantastic in, in Afterlife, so. Um, yeah, I, I'm, you know, they're going to go to New York. It's going to be at the old, at the old house, Ernie Hudson talking about, they got the tools, they got the talent. I'm hoping they get a, you know, maybe get the older characters in there a little bit more, but not so much that it kind of subsumes everything else that's going on. But yeah, I thought, I thought the way that afterlife went down and, and, and watching it and I enjoyed it and I'm like, okay, let's see what else they can do with this because, you know, the first time around all conversation about Vigo notwithstanding Ghostbusters 2 wasn't the greatest movie of all time it wasn't oh, you shut the front door it wasn't as bad as people say it is but you know let's see what afterlife part two I'm not sure if that's double afterlife or how you're going to portray it but yeah let, let's uh, I I'm I'm in I want to see what happens yeah we'll have to yeah we'll have to see uh I, I'm interested to see where they go as well I loved, by the way, that Ernie Hudson was like the the secret funder of like everything going on. Like that was that was kind of amazing, kind of awesome. Yeah, like him and Annie Potts. He's been bankrolling Ray's bookstore forever, you know. Right. And and right. He's, and been, his, he's been taking care of his boys. 
and is cool with it. And then and it looked like I think what was that one scene where uh, Venkman and, and and Dana had that thing with the cards and he keeps guessing it right, which leads you to believe either, you know, he's cheating or maybe he's got some sort of latent ability. He's cheating. Now. Bankman, he's Bankman was cheating. Of course he is. He's, he knows he's, he's cheating. Ah, uh, right. Anyway. Yeah. Ghost. I, I think more Ghostbusters is a good thing. Um, and as long as, as long as you can keep the spirit of the series going, I, I hope that they get Jason Reitman back to direct it as well. Uh, there's no word on if he's if he's coming back, uh, and hopefully if they do bring back Jason, it's not with Ivan sitting on his shoulder. I like Ivan Reitman, but like let you, let your kid do his thing, man. Let your kid do his thing. All right, Dave, you shared this next article, this little bit of news. Uh, we're gonna shift gears now. Stranger Things, which by the way, when part two of season four hit uh, hit Netflix on July first, crashed Netflix at midnight briefly. So I think that's doing fine. Um, reactions are coming in on, on how that series went. But, and I guess I missed this, but it was announced in February, 2022 that season four is not the end of the series. Yeah, I thought, I thought the same thing when I read the article, I thought season four is the end. And apparently that's not the case. And um, I will say this to you guys. And, and I know we've talked about doing the streamies or I was going to float the name, the bandies out there for the end of the sea, end of year award show. If we have a category for best streaming series, and I'm sure we will I'll tell you right now, stranger things season four is the best thing I've watched all year. And I haven't even got to the final two episodes. Cause you got to invest like five hours into the final two, but and I know Pat, you're going to catch up with it. It is really, really fantastic what they've done with this series. I, I'm, I'm trepidatious about the last two episodes because you hear things, and I kind of don't want certain things to happen, even though I'm sure they are. But yeah, I, I, everything I've read has just been excellent, and and I want to see how it ends up because yeah, where do they go with season five? You know, as far as I guess a lot of it depends on who's left standing at the end of this whole thing. But Tony, I know you haven't watched Stranger Things. I really. Yeah, I know you're talking about your list of things and what's at the end. You need to take this series and put it to the front of your list. It is that fucking good, man. Tony's like, no. The besties, man. When have I ever steered you wrong except for that time in Tijuana? But we don't need to talk about that right now. You brought it up. Um, this is a family show, so we're just going to skip that. Actually, are we? A, we're not a fucking family show. What only when, only when your son's on. Only when your son's on. <laughs> Even I swore in front of him. I dropped a. I think I dropped an f bomb in front of him while we were talking about the show. So sure, it's I dropped an f bomb. We were playing. We were playing Dungeons and Dragons last night. And I dropped an f bomb in front of him while we were playing the game. So I tell you, man, yeah, his, this is what I wanted to throw. As big a D and D fan as you are, and we know Stranger Things has dabbled with that before, but the entire premise of season four and the big bad is kind of predicated. On on Dungeons and Dragons, and so you're gonna, yeah you're gonna no, really I, like it. I'm, I am looking forward to watching it. Uh, honestly, the Mrs. O'Dowd who has watched the show from the Giga with me as well didn't want to touch it until all of season four was dropped, and so that's why we. And didn't. it's a huge um, time investment. I mean, like the yeah. last episode, it's like two and a half hours long. I mean, that's that's like a movie. Yeah, it's a and movie. A half, you know, it's a movie. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll have to see what goes on there, and apparently we're going to be waiting for season five. All right, I wanted to wrap this week's news around the nerdosphere in the show, talking about some Mar Marvel Cinematic Universe news. Uh, 
surprise guys i got an extra news bite to talk to you guys about that i found today that was relevant so i'm picking it too but we're going to start with an article that i don't remember who out of the bandwagon shared with us initially but um there's uh there's uh, an exclusive from giant freaking robot i think ray shared this one he's the giant freaking robot uh guy apparently ryan gosling has joined the mcu and not only is he joining the mcu it sounds like he may be playing nova so this is a cosmic character for you those of you who don't know a ridiculously powerful cosmic character uh he is he, he rivals miss marvel or captain marvel uh in power and power set he is he has shown up in a lot of different iterations whether in the comics and space he was actually a, a the character was actually used in a fun in the ultimates he's a teenager ultimate spider-man he's a teenager if i do recall and that character uh iteration got used in one of the spider-man animated series uh, i mean anybody who's Everybody who's anybody in Hollywood these days wants to be in a Marvel movie and is seems to be getting cast in a Marvel movie. Dave, help me educate Tony on who Nova is and is Ryan Gosling a fit for the character? Hmm. Tony, well, you're a DC guy, so I would say the easiest comparison to draw with Nova is Green Lantern and the Nova Corps and drawing the comparison in the Green Lantern Corps. They're kind of cosmic police so think green lantern that'll kind of give you the the idea as to you know who nova is and the nova core are uh ryan gosling as nova yeah i could see that working i i think he's got you know i i think ryan gosling's probably underrated as an actor as far as people like us are concerned you know because you don't look at him and don't think you equate notebook and that sort of thing and not so much um no superhero you know? uh, but he's kind of like he, i look at him like robert pattinson you know we we don't he's got the stigma attached to him and a lot of people in our ilk don't know enough about him but i've seen some of his other stuff and and yeah i mean it's not going to be the easiest because nova is generally portrayed as as a younger character like you're talking the ultimate spider-man universe and that sort of thing um can he do it yeah i think i i'm i'm Sure. I, I think he's got definite potential to pull this role off. It depends how old are, are the, is the Nova character going to be portrayed in the MCU and where he fits in on the timeline. Well, I don't think they're going to do Teenage Nova, obviously. Right. Or at least, God, I hope not if they do, because Ryan is not like he can't he can't be a teenager anymore. He's 42 years old, for God's sake. Um, but you were talking about, you know, where kind of like ryan gosling as more than just kind of a kid um la la land drive he's freaking great in drive uh half nelson he's in half nelson uh blade runner 2049 what's up honey only saw full nelson so he doesn't know what's going on do you know oh, did I say half nelson? <clears throat> do you know the earth x do you know the earth x story of nova no tell us the earth x story of nova God help us. Ms. Marvel and Star-Lord lead an initial charge against Mephisto. Oh, God. <laughs> I thought I had to throw I like, that one out there, just for old time's sake. Right. Yeah, no, no, no. no. Mephisto. He's also been a part of the Marvel zombie stories, so that could be something we've also talked right. about, places to go. But doesn't, doesn't uh, 
you talk about all this intergalactic and everything that he's involved with. Doesn't it just make sense for him to be in the next Doctor Strange movie? I mean, seeing what him and Charlie's Theron are doing. I mean, that looks like be... a pretty intergalactic kind of thing going on right there. Well, if it's Novacore, though, it could also be Guardians of the Galaxy. True. Uh, secret, it could be Secret or, Invasion, perhaps. could be Secret Invasion. The other one that I would think of is if this is down, down the road, is the if there's another Eternals movie in some way, shape, or form, like he could be a part of that. He could be in the next, maybe he's in the next, which, good Lord, there's so many characters already slated to appear in the next Captain Marvel movie. Uh, I, I hope it's not, but uh, Captain Marvel is another one that he, that he could pop up in. Did they say um, that think, he's gonna? Did he? Did they? Did they say in the article he's gonna play the character in a movie, in a live action movie? Uh, I don't. It just says that he was cast. Let me double check. There's, um, there's also there's also a what if story, I believe, with Nova in it as well. So it could just be yeah. end up him voicing Nova in the What If series season two. Let me see. So. While we do not yet have confirmation on exactly who or exactly. So this is a great like Dave Meltzer sort of article for you wrestling fans out there. We don't know who he's this guy who does really shitty reporting about pro wrestling and makes shit up and peddles it as fact and his minions believe it. Mm -hmm. Um, I've already forgotten his name. While we do not yet have confirmation on exactly who Ryan Gosling will be portraying at Marvel or exactly when he might be showing up. We have a pretty strong suspicion. So even this is speculation. So we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Because um, yeah, if it's if if it's just something, it could be it could be something we don't even know. It could be something about the Novacore. Maybe he just is, you know, spearheading the Novacore. If it's a series, it could be like a Novacore series. I don't know. It's it's interesting. I do think uh, Gosling works. I think he makes a lot of sense for the character and I think he would be, he would be terrific. So we'll, uh, we'll go from there. Here's another wild one. This is my, this is my surprise article that I wanted to drop on you. So I meant to post this and share this with you guys and then forgot. So I'll own that. But uh, my good friends at IO nine recorded uh, or put down an article about a future X-Men casting possibility and an actor who is interested in playing Wolverine. Dave, you're nodding. Do you know who I'm referring to? I, I think you did. You posted it this morning, or I read it somewhere. This, I don't know where I read it. Go ahead, man. I, I, it's, Taron, Taron Edgerton of Kingsman and Rocketman fame has expressed interest in wanting to play Wolverine. He was doing an interview and he spoke. He admitted that he's spoken with Marvel Studios, including Kevin Feige, about getting involved in the superhero game. He he says in his quote, "I'd be excited, but I'd be, I'd, I'd be apprehensive as well to take on the, the Wolverine role." But he wants it. He was so associated with that role that I wonder if it'd be very difficult for someone else to do it. Um, fans have have expressed an interest in uh, his fans have expressed an interest in him taking on the Wolverine role. Um, I gotta admit, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, maybe it's cause I've only seen him as his Kingsman character. Um, and in rocket man, but Taron Edgerton as Wolverine. Um, he's not on my playlist. Uh, when it would come to actors to cast, would he be on either of yours? Tony, you're shrugging. 
I'm not a big X Man guy to begin with, so I don't. I don't. Tony's know. dead to me. Dave, I don't, move on. Just... <laughs> I think the article I read, and I don't know if it's the same one. I think there's multiple ones going around. I, I know he's he wants to do it. I know he's expressed some concern, like the rest of us has have about the shadow of Hugh Jackman over you know just clouding over everything. I think he recognizes, you know, whoever steps in that role has got massive shoes to fill so could he do it yeah i i guess i think i'm i'm of the same thing that i you know until i don't know hugh that that shadow of hugh jackman is very large indeed and i'm looking at people who could step into that role and you could say okay yeah maybe that that works yeah maybe maybe he could do it i'm a little on the fence on him pat to be honest with you i don't know how you feel well i just so and this again, this is my interpretation of the Wolverine character and what I've always pictured him as. I've always pictured him as kind of a 35 to 40 year old grizzled tough guy. And Taron Edgerton has kind of a baby face. And that's that's honest to God, it's a look thing. Edgerton's a terrific actor, but to me, it's it's like casting um, what's his nuts for for Craven the Hunter. Like it just doesn't to me look right. I can't remember the guy's name, so I'm calling him what's his nuts. Drink, have a lighting coolers. Um, I don't know, but for me, that's what you all drink in Wisconsin, right? Is just lightnings all day. We drink it's it all. Very vice. In the words of honey wheat. <laughs> in the words of Ron Swanson, there's no wrong way to consume alcohol. Fair enough. Anyway, I so that to me, like, and, and here's the thing is, I don't know. Like, I, I agree with his assessment of Hugh Jackman. Like, I don't know who made who, who I see in that role until they cast it and I see it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I and the only comp I can make is I can't even make a comp because Batman's been recast so many times in so many ways and it's been effective and done. Wolverine's been cast once in tons of movies, like tons of movies, not just like one or two, like tons. I'll tell you, it's been Hugh Jackman. I'll tell you the guy that, and I think we mentioned this many, many, like last year, and we were kind of speculating on this. I still like the idea of Drew McIntyre as Wolverine. He's too tall. Yeah, he's too tall. Wolverine is you. You can't. I'm sorry. Wolverine. Part of his appeal is that he not that he's tiny, tiny. But he's like five nine. He's like my height, five yeah. nine, five ten. Like special effects, know, man. We'll, we'll just shorten him out. They made the hobbits or look sh- small, so they could make Drew look Drew small. They shrink Drew a little bit. But because I'm trying to think of an actor in Hollywood, like out of the action front, that that would make a lot of sense right now. And I just I, I don't know. I'm struggling. I gotta. I don't know. We'll think about it. Maybe when Aesop returns or Ray Cash, you know, get one of them back on. They maybe they can cast. Wolverine for us. I don't know if Taron Ter- Ter- Edgerton is the guy. He might be the guy, brother. I don't know. But I saved my favorite MCU news bit. I'm going to transition into my last one. I saved this one for last because I, I love it. I just, I love this ridiculous news bite that apparently according to sources, and this showed up on IGN, Howard Stern, of all people, was recorded on a hot mic Talking about the filming schedule and his involvement in an upcoming Doctor Doom project, he is 
allegedly caught on this hot mic saying they're going over the schedule with me and it's going to suck. I told you, I'm going to do Dr. Doom. That's the thing. But believe me, I'm fucking miserable about it. I called Robert Downey Jr. and I was asking him acting techniques. So this clip has flown all over the socials. What are we buying? Gentlemen, are we buying anything out of this or is this just Howard Stern talking out his ass? There's two things you need to realize when listening to this quote and speculating on it. One is Howard Stern is a brilliant media mogul and knows exactly how to get himself over and, and, and knows exactly what he's doing and when he's doing it. I'm not saying that's the case here, that this isn't something that just leaked, but keep that in mind, right? That's the first grain of salt. The second one there is that we don't even know what, what he's, what he's playing, what he's doing, but he's a miserable person. He's worried about everything all the time. Um, I've seen interviews with him and everything else. And he actually has a hair person that follows him around just when he's in public, because he's worried about how he looks like he has serious, uh, you know, uh, self, uh, uh, esteem issues, confidence issues. So Take all that in when you're listening to this. Don't get too wrapped up into it. But I think the main thing to take away from is there is actually a Doctor Doom movie coming. There better be multiple Doctor Doom movies coming, damn it. Dave, your thoughts? This seems a little too convenient, in my opinion, that that it's just like, okay, there's just this mic that's happened to be left on, and he's talking about, I told you I'm going to do Doctor Doom, instead of like, you know, if you're if you have a hot mic on, and we've all done it, when you're talking to somebody, you're not. It, it seems just okay. It's too specific as to this conversation that just happens to happen at this time. Is there a Doctor Doom movie or a project coming? Absolutely, and we know it. Probably multiple parts. We fully expect him to be in the Fantastic Four movie, but this whole thing just seemed okay. This is a little. This is too much of a work for me to sit there and say, "Oh yeah, this this is all legit." You know. How come we aren't bringing up the fact that uh, Reed Richards is maybe not going to be played by John Krasinski, huh? Well, maybe he will. Who knows, Tony? Yeah. Speaking yeah. of works, uh-huh. see, John work, Krasinski work, work, could work, be work. Wolverine. He'll be Wolverine, buddy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no. no. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. That doesn't fit at all either. Um, yeah, I thought about talking about the John Krasinski thing um, and him feeling guilty that there was there, there seemed to be pressure there. Uh, And we've also just talked about that whole Illuminati bit and how some of it felt like a little bit of a troll job by Kevin Feige and Marvel to be like, here's all the shit you've been speculating. We're going to put it in a movie and then kill them all. That was the best part. He killed them all. Awesome. Except for the people they liked. You notice that uh, Monica Rambeau and Captain Britain, they, they, they died, but they died last. And they got some good shots in before they died last. So... That's all you need to know about who mattered in the multiverse of madness. All right, fellas. I don't know what this means. If we're going to get a Dr. Do Howard Stern in a Dr. Do movie sounds ridiculous. Here's the thing. If he's in a Dr. Do movie, he's playing himself as Howard Stern. And because he's he's not. It's not going to be Dr. Doom. Relax. And he's asking Robert Downey Jr. for acting advice and shit. It's like everything that's just, okay, this is just too convenient now. We're going to play on Dr. Doom, and I'm going to name drop Robert Downey as well to get everybody's panties in an uproar. 
But that's the second grain of salt I talk about. His lack of confidence in everything that he does is just that's his yeah. personality to a T, to be honest with you. That's the truth inside of this nugget for sure. Yeah. Even so, if he's who knows? playing himself, though, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you what would be nuts is, you know, in a month when Comic-Con hits, San Diego Comic-Con starts, we're on we're in Hall H and Kevin Feige announces Dr. Doom and out comes Howard Stern. Oh, doctor, man, we'll, we'll melt down if that happens. So, all right, you know what? Closing the book. Cause Tony's got a, you know, he's got a hot cookout to get to. So we're going to let him go. We start early he's just for him. So he's got get there something hot to get to. Yeah. That's warm right. He's, he's is warm, beer, well, warm beers and bratwurst. That's what he's got. You have the, you have the rest of the day to yourself, Patrick. You don't uh, even, you know what? Maybe lunch. even eat, you even ate lunch. already. <laughs> I already ate lunch. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll go drink some beers. Uh, heading out here you know yeah it's good for the diabetes anyway that's gonna do it for the drink some beers and blow them off there you go they that is gonna do it for this week's edition of bandwagon nerds uh before we get out of here gentlemen why don't we do our quick once around remind everybody where you can find us on the interwebs we'll start with david ungar today lay it on us you can find me on the internet at uh, PC's Favorite Cookout. No, just kidding. You can find me on Twitter at Attitude Ag. That is at Attitude A-G-G. And on Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. Uh, you can find me at PC Tunny, Twitter and Facebook. Continue to listen to everything Chairshot Radio Network, all of your favorite streaming platforms. And yeah, uh, don't drink and shoot fireworks off. Uh, don't drink and drive. Drink and podcast. There you go. And you can find me on the Twitter at Wrestling Realist. That is at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. You can catch me every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday here on the Chairshot Radio Network. Mondays doing Bandwagon Nerds. Tuesdays with Dave doing Chairshot Radio. Getting ready to start musical chairs after this week. We put a cap on the Stanley Cup and talked a little college football this week before jumping into musical chairs for next week. And then on Wednesdays, I'm with Greg DeMarco and... Miranda Morales to do the Greg DeMarco show. We are also two weeks away from our next major bandwagon nerds event with the first pick in the 2022 villain draft. Tune in in two weeks and find out. Are we going to, are we going to have all six bandwagon members? Are we going to do like a seven day podcast? Is that's what, is that what's happening? I'm just, I'm just I'm baking. I, I, well, here's the thing. I'm baking on some availability issues impacting who's on the bandwagon. Like, come on. Like, we, we, we there's been a couple of, like getting to four sometimes has been a challenge. We'll see who's, we'll see who'll be involved. I know here's the thing is anytime we do a lift show or a draft show, like everybody wants to be on the damn show. So I don't know. I've also got some. So, first ever draft, we did, a, we did superhero teams. We're branching out a little bit. We're going to have a couple of categories to draft within this time around multiple drafts might be a two part series to kind of get us to the end of July and into August. Who knows? Lots of things happening. Um, if only you people could see ends it out using his hands to speak with his words. magic. Uh, but I'm very excited about it. Uh, by the way, uh, Aesop put a, put a, put together a dynamite graphic form. I'm going to be using for the show as well. Uh, excited to, to share that with you all as well. But that is coming in a couple of weeks. All right. I've talked too much. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Get yourself out of the basement. Get some sun. 
go to a cookout, go to Tony's cookout, steal his no. beers, yes. eat his bratwurst, rob him of his cheese curds. Don't have a good Don't time. blow your fingers off. This whole show's gone don't to blow shit. Your fingers on. And then get back inside and watch some quantum leap reruns because that show is underrated and everyone should check it out. You've been listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently, so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast.
Easier said, done.